Welcome to Time Out, a personal interview podcast with the staff and leaders of North Hills Church. Each episode, we'll sit down with one of our staff or leaders to really get to know them, hear their stories, and learn what makes them tick. From work to personality to free time, let's take a time out and explore the who behind North Hills Church. Welcome back, everybody, to Time Out. Uh, this week, we have Barry Wingo, one of our elders, with us. Uh, uh, welcome to Time Out. Thank you. Glad to be um, here. So I want to jump into just, let's get the technical stuff out of the way. Right. Uh, specifically, your role within North Hills Church. Can you give me like a brief overview of, I guess, what what you do at North Hills and how you came to be here? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. I co uh, lead a life group. I'm on the lay counseling team. I work in the missions on the missions committee, uh, lifeline program. Those are both, uh, that's partner, get partner families that want to be the contact person here or family here for North Hills missionaries, our partner missionaries. So both of those would be in the missions department. Um, I meet with different men, and try to encourage young missionaries and help out with renewal ladies some. So so you're doing uh, quite a bit around here. Yeah, that's not my regular job. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, you're not on staff on that North Hills no, as far as I know, no. but mm-hmm. you do a lot of work. So what, what brought you to North Hills? How did you get so involved with everything? Oh, man. Um, well, we were in Mexico, and my brother was on furlough and decided to come here along with my mother. And so when I came back on my next home assignment, it uh, didn't work out where we were before to try to reconcile. So we came here probably 20 years ago now. Wow. So it's been a while. Okay. So not at the very beginning of North Hills, but no, pretty close to it. Pretty close to it. Remember some leaky roofs over at the, <laughs> the furniture store. Or I guess that was a grocery store. Yeah. Um, you mentioned that you were in Mexico. Is mm-hmm. How long have you been doing missions work? We went to the Mex went to Mexico in 1981, and we're still full time missionaries. So we've been back in Greenville for six years now. Nice. So, what made you get into that specific? Like, what, was it a, just a calling from God, or was it more of? Um, our church, a small church over in Spartanburg, was a lot of the young people there were becoming missionaries, and um, so it came on my radar at that point. I didn't have anything else uh, in life that I really wanted to go after. I uh, went to Bible school in uh, Jackson, Michigan. That's where I met my wife. And we learned that people around the world still waited to hear the gospel. And I, I figured, wow, what else, what's better to give my life for than to make sure people hear of Christ? And still people wait even today. So I'm still, yeah. still at it. Well, hey, and I'm sure you'll be at it for quite a while longer. Um, so uh, I, I keep hearing little things that you dropped through the even just the information you're giving me now. You said you went to school in Michigan. I'm assuming you're not from Michigan because your accent oh, yeah. is very like, it's, it feels Southern boy kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. Stuff. Well, people tell me I've been here. Well, I, I lost my accent when I went to Mexico, hopefully picked up some Latin accent, but I think I'm back now and I'm adapting to the local culture and i think i'm talking more like a good old southern boy yeah. i was actually born here in greenville one of the oh, few okay. at north hills that can say i'm actually from greenville south well Carolina. i'll join you in that i am actually from greenville. Are you really? yeah i All am right. born in uh mm-hmm. 
Greenville Mor- Memorial Hospital. Yeah. How about that? Yeah. Me too. Different it's, building, but yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> but hey, that's that's a small group of people that just grew one more one more larger. Exactly. Um, right. Well, cool. I like that. Uh, so you mentioned you met your wife at uh, in, at school. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming she was she going to the school for the same thing, or was she? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, same thing. She was uh, from New York. When I told my parents uh, that I was dating a girl from New York, they thought, oh, probably an ex-heroin uh, addict and, uh, you know, maybe not, Barry. But they came to love candy. Uh, it, you know, Bible school is neutral ground for a rebel and a Yankee to get together. And so uh-huh. it worked out pretty well for me. <laughs> yeah. I like that, a rebel and a Yankee. Mm-hmm. That's perfect. Um so now that you've been back from, I mean, obviously you're still a missionary, but now mm-hmm. that you've been back from the field, so to speak, mm-hmm. what, like weekly, daily, monthly, yearly, what does that look like for you when you're maybe navigating, maybe not a normal life, but like a, um, uh, an at-home life or a, a local life is probably mm-hmm. the better way to put that? Yeah, I got a couple of things I can just tell you just today. Um we shared for, with our missionaries um, for about 30 minutes on lament and grief and loss. Missionaries go through a lot of that. And now with COVID-19, it's even worse. So um, we were motivated to learn more about that area, both for ourselves and for those we minister to. So that was what we did today at a chapel virtual for our mission. And then on the way over here, I was texting with a guy in Bolivia uh, a Bolivian who is interested in a American missionary that lives in Bolivia. They work in, they want to work in tribal uh, evangelism. And so we're working out a way to do marriage counseling virtually with um, a missionary couple in Bolivia. And let's see, my wife is involved. We're uh, going to do a stress assessment for a, a young single lady is trying to get back to the field and ran into a, she couldn't get into Canada in order to get back to see her family one more time before leaving for the field. So all kinds of stuff, everything is switches pretty much daily. What we do. Uh, it sounds yeah. like you keep, I mean, between the stuff you're doing at North Hills and the stuff you're doing with the mission field, it sounds like you keep extremely busy on a day to day basis. Yeah, I would say so. Although we choose, you know, uh, the things that we do here at North Hills, I really enjoy it, and um, I wish I had more time. Sometimes I have to say no to some things. So along with your work, um, I like to couple that with uh, the Strength Finders assessment tool. Mm-hmm. It's a really nice uh, tool that we use here at North Hills. Uh, other people use it in other places, um, but we do kind of our top five strengths. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, this does not paint uh, a very narrow brush stroke of who you are or like even get into the nitty gritty of it because, mm-hmm. you know... I, somebody can have the exact same top five strengths and be a totally different person And those Mm -hmm. strengths can manifest in a lot of different ways. So can you kind of go over what your strengths are and how they maybe uh, specifically impact you, your work, and maybe even just not your family life, but your, uh, your outside of work life? Okay. Yeah. Um, I'll go over my first or my top five. First is harmony, then developer, a restorative belief, and discipline. And I'm a middle child, so harmony, I think that's part of it. I don't know. Everybody thinks differently on gifts and all, but um, I'd love to see uh, people work well together. 
Um, so that works well when missionaries have trouble working either with their co-worker or with their leaders. I find God motivates me to get involved and try to roll up sleeves and really help them at a deep level. Um, developer, yeah, I, I, I feel like giving our the ones that we mentor wings, see them blossom where they are at. I tried to do that with my children. Uh, restorative, that would go along with when relationships are broken. Uh, man, I, I just hate that in my own life when things aren't going well and I am motivated to help others to restore relationships and freedom from bitterness and unforgiveness. Belief, man, if it's not in the Bible, all I hear is blah, 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 I guess, or, <laughs> sure. you know, let's base what we do on the Bible. Discipline, I've got my daytimer here. I still write things down, and uh, it's amazing. People say, boy, you, you remembered that. Well, it's not rocket science. I just wrote it down. When I give my word, I try to write it down and do what I say I'll do, so... There you go. Yeah. Uh, with these strengths, I, I find with my own personal strengths, and I think I've mentioned this on several episodes before, I, sometimes my strengths can kind of almost inverse a little bit and become not weaknesses, but like I can rely on those strengths too much. Specifically mm-hmm. for me, my number one is adaptability. And at times I can let that be, I can let that control me a little bit too much where I say yes to everything mm-hmm. and I'm trying to adapt to 400 different things coming my way. Mm-hmm. Do you ever find that any of your strengths kind of lend themselves, not necessarily, to again, to weakness, but to getting you into trouble? Yeah. The first one would, harmony would be, I tend to be a man pleaser. So um, just say what you need to, to, to bring about peace, which is sometimes fake. Um, developer, I, I really want to encourage people, but I, I can be so positive that I'm not really dealing with what's actually happening. Um, like just have, just see everything with the rose colored glasses, I guess. And let's see. Discipline, um, rely on myself and my use of time or goal oriented mindset or strategy rather than the Holy spirit and mm-hmm. the word of God. Okay. Yep. All those would be, Things I got to keep aware of. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I, I, I like that there is, we call it Strengths Finder. And I like the idea that, again, it's painting that broad brushstroke of here's what I'm good at. Here's what I'm naturally kind of geared towards. Um, but also that it is not the the end all be all or the crutch of, like I said, I mentioned earlier, of who you are or mm-hmm. what you're capable of. Um, I don't know, just that the idea of that, there are things that we always have to watch out for. Sure. It's just an interesting, interesting concept. Yeah. So it's, I, I say this all the time, but it's, it's that time on the podcast again. Let's, let's rewind the clock. Let's go back to like 16 year old Barry, 17 year old mm. Barry. Well, I don't know if we want to go there. <laughs> <laughs> tell me, tell me what you were like, uh, in your younger years. Like what, what did life look like that if you could com- even compare it to now, what are the drastic changes, the differences between, you know, 16-year-old Barry and 67-year-old Barry? Oh, man, yeah, 50 years. Um, well, 16-year-old Barry was a rebel, um, getting into trouble, uh, loving to vandalize people, uh, loved hearing the stories of how it caused them grief and money to fix up 
what I had done to them, uh, really an evil heart that um, was rebelling against God, against my parents, causing all kind of heartache for those that love me the most. So that's an ugly picture. And a lot of times, when I share that, people sometimes chuckle, yeah, it's just what you know, way teenagers are. But I look at it as um, extremely evil, and I was wicked to the core, and uh, God changed my life. And um, now, rather than uh, bring um, just horrible things, like cleaning up after egging, or I would... Just, I don't even want to go into it. I don't want to give anybody ideas, but <laughs> sure. man, it was horrible. And, and to think that that's what I loved. I'm so thankful that God's changed my heart. And now I love to hear stories of people that um, love God. And, and I get to um, hear with my own ears just how God has helped them. And um, it blesses me. God's changed my heart to where I really care about others rather than cause them harm. Yeah. Was that change gradual or was it like, was there a defining moment where that evil nature or that uh, the rebel nature kind of like went out the window? Yeah, I would say uh, as much as you can have a darkness to light moment and everything changes would be on a Sunday morning when I went forward and gave my heart to the Lord. And um, that was, I was under such conviction. I was doing drugs, but I knew that it, I knew I'd go to hell for my sin, and I was really convicted of God. My parents were praying for me. And um, so, yeah, just going up, surrendering, and just like a huge weight of sin dropped from my back. And it was a beautiful experience. I'm so thankful for the forgiveness of God, and I never want to get over it. Yeah, that's, not, that's incredible. I mean, that, that, that's a good story, or not a good story, but a, a cool story. Um, so when, I guess from that point, when you, you're a rebel, you're running around, you know, being wicked and evil in your words, uh, and then you, you, you find Christ, you give your life over to him, where does Bible college and missionary kind of fit into it? Cause like to go from, you mm -hmm. know, egging people's houses to, to go into a foreign field and say, Hey, have you heard about this guy, Jesus? Like th yeah. that's two radically different, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. points of the earth. Like what, can you exactly. kind of talk into that a little bit? Yeah. Um, I figured if the Lord could save me and change me, he can do that for anybody. And, uh, I, I our pastor at the time was very missions oriented. Uh, he talked about people that have never heard, went to Bible school, learned more about that. I kind of like to boil it down to Jesus is just fantastic. There's no greater than him. He told us to go tell everybody in the world. That was his last message. I think that's important. The last words are what we want to stick when we do that. So Jesus told us to go. Uh, everybody hasn't heard. And so why not me? Uh, why not give my life to uh, take the gospel where it's never been? So... Yeah, and my verse at that time was, Look unto me and be ye saved all the ends of the earth, for I am God and there is no other. God doesn't have a plan B. And um, so he's been faithful for 50 years since then. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Um, with your family at the time, your family life, you said you were the middle child. Middle child, yeah. How many siblings? Older brother, 
younger brother. Okay, so just three boys running yep, around, three boys you know, causing trouble. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, have you still? I mean, were they in the same boat as you, or did you like? Um, my older brother probably would say all I did was drive the car. <laughs> but um, yes, I led my younger brother into that evil, and um, he actually was a. Uh, more courageous than me, he went back and apologized and actually gave free car washes to people that we had egged. I, I think at the time I was a chicken. I didn't yeah. have the guts. I thought they'd kill me. Sure. <laughs> so he did it, and he's glad he did, and I regret that to this yeah. day. But, yep. That's cool. Uh, and you mentioned that your parents, a couple times, uh, mm -hmm. I'm assuming when you're running around being a rebel, they're like, oh gosh, Barry, what? Come on, man. And then you went to college uh, or to Bible college and met Candy. And then they were like, you're dating what now? Who, mm -hmm. who are you dating yeah. now? <laughs> like, right, right. I'm assuming that the, you added a couple of years of stress to their life throughout. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, they, when they met Candy face to face, they loved her. Uh, she, Candy says, well, I laughed at your dad's silly puns. <laughs> But it was more than that. They saw Candy's heart of love for the Lord. And um, yeah, we're, I'm so blessed that my parents love my wife. That's mm. really cool. And um, they're, no, they're with the Lord themselves. But they, I think them and my grandmother um, prayed, us, prayed for us faithfully and God answered prayer. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. Um, so moving to your relationship with Candy... Um, when did you guys get married? I mean, was it right 77. in college? 77? Yeah, April 2nd. We are not April Fools. Oh, okay. The day <laughs> no, after. I'm sure that was on yeah. purpose. <laughs> How long have you been married at this point? I mean, oh, I guess man. I could do the math. 40, 44 years. 44 years. Yeah. Wow. You're mm -hmm. coming up on the 50, on the big 5-0. Yep. 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 Um, so talk to me a little bit about your relationship with your wife in, I guess, more of... I think about my wife, I guess mm -hmm. I'll, I'll use my experience of just like, you know, what she does really good that I don't and what I do really good that she doesn't and the way we complement each other in a mm -hmm. lot of ways or and even the ways we have to compromise with each other in a lot of ways. Yeah. Can you talk about kind of, I mean, obviously this isn't like a marriage counseling class or anything, right. but just the, just the general, yeah, the sure. generalities of your marriage with Candy. Yeah. Um, I love like when we were doing tribal work, okay, we were always together. Um, I love being with people. I loved communicating. She did too, but she's also very organized. I got into translation because the people didn't, they didn't, had never heard God's word and we did, we put God's word into their language. Plus we had to teach them how to read it. So Candy's very organized. I think I, I'm okay, but I'm not great at that. She kept me um, on track with all the comprehension checking that is involved in translation all the changes that have to be made when you're figuring out how to write down a symbol for every sound that the tribal people make in their language and then reducing it to what you can teach them to look at and make the sound. So incredible amount of work. Candy's super organized. I'm not. So that's worked really well. Yeah. Yeah. What, um, I guess, what drew you guys together in the first place? I, I, let's see. I would say... I thought she was beautiful both inside and out. Yeah. And it took her a long time before she um, saw the light. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of we, convincing there. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes I was better at, at that than others. But 
Um, I like to tease her and say toward the end of Bible school, she realized she couldn't get anybody else. Yeah. <laughs> so she settled for me. But um, she would say that we were singing a song around the campfire, the whole senior class, I think at the time, maybe junior class toward the end. And um, I requested Ferris Lord Jesus. Mm -hmm. And she had the, the thought come to her brain, uh, you're going to marry that man. And uh, so I tease her about, what did you say? Get thee behind me, Satan? Or <laughs> <laughs> like, no way, Lord. But actually, that was God planted a seed in her mind that, um, you know, take that guy seriously. Because by that time, I had made a few, um, uh, let's say, approaches to yeah. her and ask her out, etc. But that. And that's what happened. So yeah. the rest is history. <laughs> <laughs> so now you guys have been married 44 years. Mm -hmm. Again, you've gone through uh, a long period of in-field mission work, out-of-field mission work, uh, and you're back kind of in more of your home, obviously, mm -hmm. than hers. What is it? What does that relationship look like in, in the off times? In the We're not doing work. We're not doing volunteer work. We're not helping necessarily others. We're just kind of... Uh, maybe free time is the better way to mm -hmm. put that. What does that look like for you guys? Yeah, like the other day we had, I like to take her on a mystery date. Only I know where we're going. That kind of gets her out of her comfort zone because she likes to know such things. But um, some of them have worked out better than others. The <laughs> one the other day was seriously a mystery date because I thought I knew where I was going, but I didn't. Um, we went to Biscuit Head and then I thought we could walk down to the zoo. I mm -hmm. planned on getting... Uh, getting into the zoo. We hadn't been there, just the two of us, usually with kids. Well, unfortunately, it was hot and sticky. And uh, the walk down to the zoo was not where, it didn't go exactly as planned. And so we walked at least two miles before we got to the zoo. And of course, you walk around the zoo. Yeah. And then we have to walk back to the car. <laughs> so that wasn't, didn't go as planned, but she was forgiving. And she likes the thought of mystery <laughs> date anyway. Sure. Uh, that that's what we like to do um, on special times. I think otherwise we we exercise. We try to walk two miles a day. We read a good bit and talk about what we're reading. One of the main things we do um, is pray together and read the word together. And then we try to read um, either a devotion or a book that talks about our area of expertise as far as member care. So that's a lot of fun. And then we, of course, pray for our missionaries. That's probably the best way we uh, care for them is to pray for them. Sure. So go back to reading, and I'm going to put a rule here. Mm -hmm. I'm going to ask you what your favorite book is, and you can't say the Bible. Okay. Because I feel like that's, 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 yeah, the, yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? Obviously, that's give, the best. Right. Give, give me, give me your favorite book other than the Bible. Actually, uh, I got one that most people don't maybe know about, but it's called Good to Great, mm -hmm. Jim Collins. And what he does in there, he picks 11, well, he didn't pick them. They surfaced 11 companies that were able to go from good to great and sustain that for several years. And he goes into why. And what I love about that is it lines up so well with Scripture. So we're back to the Bible. Sure, no. That's <laughs> You've circumvented but, the rules, yeah, Barry. <laughs> yeah, right, right. But, uh, oh, I just love how, and I love thinking big, you know, like... Um, perspective um and it's just i love that book um that's the only one that really comes to mind as far as 
a favorite. Sure. So, yeah. So I'm assuming based on that answer, you're more into like nonfiction kind of style of reading right. versus, uh, you know, Robinson Crusoe, Treasure Island. Yeah, leagues. I don't get into fiction and I don't like um, movies same way with yeah. real life. Yeah, I really get into that, but not into fantasy or anything like that. Um, so, yeah, it's um, I guess that tells what does it say about me? No, I don't. That, I, that that's up to either the listener or yeah, you right. that, <laughs> yeah maybe i don't want to know what that yeah exactly <laughs> so uh i've got everybody who does the podcast fills out a little survey that we send to mm-hmm. you guys um and i'm looking at some of your answers here for the stuff that you like to do um and specifically i wanted to bring up uh you talked about sports mm-hmm. um and I, i'm assuming you know where i'm going with this uh you you talked about playing ping pong can you talk a little bit more? Is that like a is that like a favorite pastime to jump in? And... Uh, I'll tell you. Uh, my brother, younger brother, and I would play ping pong downstairs in this small room on a plywood piece of plywood, and we would play until the sweat on the floor got so slippery we couldn't play anymore. So a lot of time growing up, ping pong with sandpaper paddles, yeah, and uh, really. A lot of competition. In fact, I was um, I'm looking seriously into getting a portable table to have in my garage, and roll the car out and go at it in there. Wow! I'll, I'll invite my younger brother up to see what he's got. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what I like to say about sports is the older I get, the better I used to be. Okay. Yeah. Because I used to play basketball and golf and uh, baseball, but those days are over. Uh, when playing sports, was that only just a Hey, let's go out in the backyard and, and run around. Was it more team based? Did you like watch a lot of sports or is it more like let's get the ball and go play? Yeah, my dad was a coach and he taught us a lot about ball. And uh that brother that be baseball, basketball, football. We watched a lot of sports. My mom became just as avid of a fan as we were, mm-hmm. three boys and husband that love sports. So a lot of fun. I uh, played Little League. I was six feet at 12 years old. Oh, my gosh. And I pitched. And so I had them beat, especially on the mound. You know, they'd get in there just shaking. So, um, yeah, that was fun. And basketball, I played some in high school. But yeah. my younger brother's always a little bit list, little bit better than me. So <laughs> it's tough to admit. Yeah, I was about to say. So, yeah. We won't let him listen to this podcast. Right, so he right. won't find Not out he allowed. admitted that. Yeah. Not allowed, yeah. Um, do you have a favorite sport out of, out of the ones you just listed? Like one that you is like an always and go to? I'm changing a little bit. I don't like to sit and watch sports as much as I used to, mm-hmm. maybe with family and all. Um, I love golf. like to watch that. Uh, can't play it anymore. I say I've got four or five reasons. My back, I can't be in the sun. The Mexican sun's baked me, baked my skin. Um, costs too much, takes too much time. My wife says when I would go play, she said, I've never seen somebody so excited before they go and so so disgusted when they come back after spending a lot of money. <laughs> so we've had to let that go. Yeah. But it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, favorite, man, ping pong. Oh, well, yeah. I can still play. <laughs> <laughs> we got to get you that table, man. We exactly. Gotta, we got to yeah. get you set up. I'm yeah. terrible at ping pong. That was the one oh, yeah. thing where like, you know, I could run around, play basketball, baseball, whatever you mm-hmm. wanted to, but... As soon as you put that paddle in my hand, I, I lost all hand really? coordination. It was oh, it was bad. Okay, I guess you didn't grow up sweating until you couldn't stand up and play together. <clears throat> we we did, but it was it was always like it was during the extreme sports phase of like the early two thousands oh, yeah. and the late nineties, where mm-hmm. 
you know, it was BMX bikes and skateboards and scooters and rollerblades. Mm-hmm. So we were always running around, you know, on the pavement, on the you know streets, you know, trying to do oh, flips really? or, you know, wheelies wow. or whatever. And it, you know, I don't, I, I won't speak to the skill level, probably not any, any good, but yeah, we were, we were sweating in other places. <laughs> I see. Wow. Hats off to that. I've, I've never been on a board like that. Yeah. and never want to. Oh, it's oh, super man. fun. That's, I love it. It's good. Mm-hmm. But let's turn the podcast back around. I feel like we're we're starting to interview me a little. <laughs> okay, bit. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so talk to me a little bit more. You so the other thing that you mentioned uh, was traveling to visit friends and family. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm assuming friends and family are all places of the world at this yeah. point. Yeah, they're all scattered. Our our daughter, our our oldest child, is in Charleston, and um, closest they have two teenage daughters. And so we get to see them more than my middle son, who's out in uh, Marietta, California. I uh, just got back from there after two and a half years. We hadn't seen him, so that wow. was fun. And then I've got a son up in uh, New York City cool. who's going to be moving from there in about nine months now out to California, wow. uh, Stanford area. So so like at the moment, you've got all corners oh, of the man. Of U.S. Ca- yep. covered. That's true. and. So when we spend money, we like to go see family. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. three, just three kids? Three kids. Three yep. kids. How old are they? Let's see. My daughter is over 40, we'll say. Mm-hmm. And um, my middle son just turned 40, and our youngest is maybe 34. Or something yeah. Like that. And you mentioned grandchildren. How many of those you got now? We have eight now. We've had eight six, and then my uh, middle child out in California just was finalized their adoption of twins. Wow. So that is we have amazing. Tacked on two more now. <laughs> They're two years old. Yeah. Yeah. They kind of, do uh, you ever have family reunions where they like just dogpile grandpa? <laughs> well, I'd love that, but <laughs> yeah. I don't get to see. And you know, by the time they warm up to me, it's time to go again. Yeah. So that's I get it. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. But we had a good time with the twins. They warmed up to us. And so, yeah. Yeah. Well, Barry, we like, I want to wrap up and I like to wrap up with one specific question that I ask literally everybody and every, mm-hmm. anybody who's listened to this uh, so far knows what question I'm about to ask. What's your favorite band? Oh, man. Band. You know, I like City of Light. Band is, okay, is it, am I allowed band, to say singer, I mean, if you're, t- you know, like, I mean, if you're going to talk about, uh, I mean, the first ba- singer that comes to mind is like uh, when John Lennon went out from the Beatles. He was on his own for a little while mm-hmm. or Paul McCartney, like, yeah. There, that would be considered Paul McCartney's band, John Lennon's yeah. band, separate from like the Beatles. Mm-hmm. That you know, so if you yeah. have just an individual, yeah, yeah. Well, I have a lot. I really enjoy um, some of Johnny Cash, the Beatles, all of them. Once they split up, they—I mean—they were incredible. How and Paul, let me see, um, Art Garfunkel and mm-hmm. Paul Simon—they have some great stuff. Um, but when I really need something when I'm down. I, a City of Light has really good music, good words, and um, we have Alexa, who is very yeah. obedient, tells or plays what we ask her to, so that's been a huge blessing yeah. to get that in our house. So uh, of the City of Lights, is there a, a particular song that they sing that... Um, Goodness of God, we've sang that. I think, I'm not sure they sing that. They sing Jesus Strong and Kind. Mm-hmm which is so simple and yet so beautiful. I love that. A lot of their their songs, like we sing here at, at church, really move me. I think yeah. music really gets to my soul. Yeah. Do you ever play music or just a... Oh, man. Uh, I like to... 
this girl back in elementary school, so I started playing the violin. Mm-hmm. That lasted about a year. I'd rather be out playing ball. Yeah. Um, played a little bit of piano, just enough to... My dad loved pomp and circumstance and mm-hmm. a hymn or two, which I could play, but I didn't practice enough. Sure. I felt bad for my parents. Uh, they paid good money for lessons, and <laughs> we hardly ever practiced. So I feel like that's the curse of all parents. Eventually, you know, mm-hmm. you pay for all the different uh, activities, but only yeah. one really will stick eventually. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Well, Barry, thanks for being on the podcast with us. Yeah, my um, It's been really good i mean even for me i you know i knew of you knew you who you'd mm-hmm. met before but just like getting to know a little bit more about you personally and kind of hearing uh your not necessarily story outside of salvation but like your story and coupled with mm-hmm. salvation is really cool and i like to hear how god made literally everybody as individuals amen and, you he's know, creative isn't he? yeah exactly yeah. and even people like skateboards too. yeah <laughs> <laughs> well thanks yeah. for being on and All uh right. we'll see you guys next time yeah thanks for the interview enjoyed it